0: Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom and this week featured comedian guests Charmian Hughes and Steve Bugea. Among the topics covered was the acquittal of the Colston Four, the controversy surrounding comments made by Love Island's Molly May, and a new venture that was going to help trauma victims through comedy. Intrigued? You should be. We hope you enjoy the show. Please follow us on twitter at LKT Zoom. Hello good evening and welcome and happy new year. You're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me Julian Hall. Mm. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. And that is a lofty aim my friends and luckily I don't have to do it alone. Uh, I've got two fantastic guests joining me in the Zoom room tonight. They are the comedians Charmian and Hughes and Steve Bujaya, And of course, as ever, my co-host is with me, Sajila Kershey. Hello. Hey. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you after her show back. Um, it's been a lovely holidays. And uh, let's see what happens in this new year, both of the show. and Any uh, New
0: Year's <laughs> resolutions, Sajila?
1: Do you know what? There's no point. I d- there's no point in having any resolutions because... We've, we're not in control in you know, the last two years we haven't been in control of our own destiny uh, it, it, you can make a resolution to go to the gym or go to the theater more and then somebody will decide to kind of you know ruin that for you so um with the with the pandemic uh, so i'm not making any resolutions i'm just <laughs> going to try and live the life as much as i can and have as much fun as i can that's that's what i think i've decided to do this year and, and work fair, fair as well because work was a bit scarce wasn't it last year yeah it that
0: was year. a very tricky year well i uh i wrote some new year's resolutions down in 2021 and i can't find uh i can't find them or all the will to change so i think i might just leave it this year i, I love that, that you apart. wrote them
1: and you you've got them somewhere still like waiting to to kind of you know to fulfill them as it were
0: totally they're on an apple notes thing somewhere buried under bur- buried under god knows what but so you know the, i was it was willing i showed willing a year ago but you know <laughs> just over it now. But I'm looking to getting forward to sort of tucking in tonight. We've got, um, as I say, first show back of 2022. So Happy New Year to all of our viewers and, of course, listeners, because we will be uh, doing a podcast version of this as well. Um, it should, I should say at this point we are now streaming live on Twitch, on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Please do give us a subscribe on YouTube. That would be fantastic. Uh, I've enjoyed some of the comments that I've been reading back from some of the last clips. Uh, Four Losers in a Box. That was uh, I really enjoyed that one. That was actually our uh, original title for this show. So uh, I might I might put that in a bracket <laughs> later. And uh, what else? Oh, please follow us on Twitter, obviously, at LKTZoom, the handle of which you can see spread liberally across the screen. Uh, that's where you can engage with us live during the show tonight. But uh, also the rest of the time, we'll be posting clips, news of the next show, and also just generally sort of collecting mm-hmm. Together as interesting a collection of tweets as possible, uh, many of which will be on tonight's show. Uh, of course, the guest tweets are paramount. And on that note, it is high time, without too much further ado, to uh, introduce our guests. So we're going to read out uh, their biographies and then we're going to let them into the Zoom room. And I'll start with uh, Steve. So Steve Bugea is one of the circuit's most exciting comedians. He won the BBC New Comedy Award in 2013 and has since performed numerous Edinburgh Fringe shows and national tours. He hosted the BBC Radio 4 series, Economics and Subtitles, and has made various appearances on television, including Russell House, uh, The Russell Howard Hour, I should say, Love Island After Sun, a title that gets me every time, Russell Howard Stand Up Central, and Zoe Ball on Saturday. He was the creator or co-creator, I should say, of ITV's brand new sitcom, Buffering, which aired in summer 2021. Uh, which also starred in Sterling, Jesse Cave, Rosa Robson, Elena Sorrell, Janine Haruni, Paul G. Raymond and Sean Segar. Uh, Steve has also uh, had a role himself. Uh, making a name for himself internationally, Steve's twice been invited to perform at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, getting further through the airport than Novak Djokovic, and has appeared on the opening night comedy All Stars uh, at Super Show and on mm. Comedy Up Late, both on ABC1. As a prolific writer, Steve was a key member of the writing team of the Russell Howard Hour and for Ian Sterling's Celeb Ability and has contributed material to Mock the Week, 8 Out of 10 Cats and BBC Radio 4. So, Sajid, over to you for Charmian. Oh,
1: well, hello. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Yes. Um, and our second guest is no stranger uh, to, to me, uh, a very good friend. Uh, we've worked together many times. She, I have to read out her her bio because it's hilarious as, as she is. Uh so Charmin Hughes started out her working life in advertising. First time I found that out a uh, 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 Charmin but after her triumphant thrush remedy slogan when you you can't, can't 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 stand can that's not heckle folks that was the the actual <laughs> it's, it's better it's better read than I'm saying it it's hilarious uh it offended the client instead of delighting them Uh, And she found herself catapulted into the world of stand-up comedy, where we can always offend somebody out there. Uh, Classes in clowning and circus followed. I believe we've actually been on a clowning course together, uh, including with the renowned French mime guru, uh, Philippe Goulier, where for under a thousand pounds, Charmin learned the art of gurning and breaking wind simultaneously to the maestro's cries of merde. And uh, since then, Shaman has travelled the world with her stand-up, playing numerous clubs, including the comedy store The Beer Cat, Banana Cabaret, and has kept order and created atmosphere as a brilliantly funny MC up the creek. She can also be found at least once, one Saturday a month, uh, MCing downstairs at the King's Head in Crouch End. Uh, She's taken numerous shows to the Edinburgh Fringe. I've lived with her for many of those shows. I can vouch. uh, We've also collectively took together, toured at times... uh, Australia and and New Zealand gosh will we ever get there back again um but you know please read her her bio because I think I've just done her a disservice because that is a very funny thing and yes yeah, so y- welcome to um to to let's kill Twitter Charmian. Hi Sajila great to be here happy new year. Happy new year to you right. both as well.
0: And let's get you, you both in the zoom rooms well hello you're now you're now live with us. Hi. Hello hi hi. Thank hi. You very much for having me. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. So, uh, how is uh, how's the new year going? Uh, let's do it in alphabetical order. Steve, you can go first.
2: <laughs> well. Well, actually, no, it's, it's not going so well. I uh, I had to isolate for Christmas, so I know that was the previous year, but that was a tough that was a tough period. And then I, just as I came out of isolation, my heating broke uh, in my flat, so I've been in a freezing cold flat for the last week. So it's actually it's actually been really really terrible. Uh, but I'm hoping the rest of the year is gonna is gonna pick up. I think I think I've just got all the bad stuff out of the way really early on, you know.
0: That's a rough start. Sorry. It has been
2: rough. Has been rough. And also all my friends went to Jamaica. I was going to Jamaica with my friends and I failed my fit to fly test because it was during my COVID week. Uh so I had to miss out on my holiday to Jamaica. So I had to sit in my flat on my own while all my friends were on a beach. It's been awful actually it's been really now I say it out loud it sounds worse than it is. I'm actually quite happy. Uh, But (laughs) the heating, the heating. Not to
1: rub salt in the wound. I've been to Jamaica during the Christmas period, like during that December period. Yeah. It is stunning. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Just as, you know, just rub salt in the wound.
2: Instagram stories, and it looks really delightful. It really does look like the best time of their lives. So, um, yeah, it's been been tough, actually.
1: But you're Mm. here. You're here. Thanks for making it. I just made my (laughs) compensate you're on let's kill twitter and you know what guys i wish
2: you to still be in jamaica until tomorrow as i wouldn't have been able to do this exactly it has worked
1: out with the you know the the the, the kind of modern technology of zoom how could you we could have made us jealous being sitting on the beach and zooming from there um and what about you charmian uh what you know what what's it been like for you the the holiday period have you got Um, anything to report
3: it's been quite nice we had a quiet Christmas and I've just got started to get back into my stride did my first gig of the year last night was surprised pleasantly at how full it was um and I thought there was great spirit of optimism cheered me up no end but I've definitely got to get more fresh air I've decided and say yes to everything you know every opportunity um by opportunity I mean you know do I want to go to Sainsbury's?
0: Yes. Upmarket <laughs> um, because... markets are available. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, please, like yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Like you do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's,
0: there is a thing. There is a kind of somebody told me this. I can't get out of the house. I need brightness, so I was like in Hog Heaven today because it was such a nice day. It's really hard to sort of get out of the house. But apparently the the thing is no matter how bad it is, you're supposed to go out for a walk every day, aren't you? Essentially, I just find it really hard to motivate myself.
3: You need. A do- have you got a dog, Julian?
0: Uh, no, but you're right, that would keep, keep me on my toes. Yeah,
3: absolutely. We, we adopted one last July, and we had to go out.
0: Oh, well, you see, I, I spent too much time uh, reading Twitter. So I want to ask both of you, this is sort of our opening gambit question before we tuck into your selection, is how you would char- characterise your, sort of, your liking or otherwise of Twitter and your, and your sort of usage of Twitter. Uh, Steve, why, why don't we start with you?
2: Well, I have been an avid user of Twitter for uh, maybe twelve years, I think. Um, but actually, unfortunately for this podcast, about four months ago, I deleted Twitter off my phone, and I, <laughs> it's made me very happy. Like not having it on my phone has improved my life immeasurably because uh, I don't just scroll through it uh, and feel. Because basically, what I would do is I'd try. Maybe you just well, I scroll through Twitter until I see something that makes me angry or sad and then i get off twitter and then i'd go about my life and then what i would do is i would uh not think about it and go back onto twitter and then i would continue to scroll until i found something that again made me angry or sad um so now i don't have my phone i can't do that i now what i do is i have to log onto to the browser and enter twitter.com and go on it that way which wow. i still go on it but the effort that that requires just means that i go on it a little bit less um, so I still see stuff but I'm not doing the kind of mindless scrolling which is honestly I would recommend it to anyone it's been brilliant having said that I've used a lot of Instagram since so you know it's difficult to know whether <laughs> I've actually improved what, what are you posting on Instagram because it's all photos obviously what you fo- what, what photos are you yeah I do a lot of photos I just oh. post photos it's all it's all uh th- first traps of me just looking as good as I possibly can hoping to get as many likes and comments as I can that's what <laughs> that's what so I do it's not promotion it's just, yeah it's it's just nice nice looking stuff yeah no still, still self-promotion yeah no I don't post that much my story I do Instagram stories and stuff which can be quite funny mm. but generally uh I find it a more positive place than Twitter having said that there are some absolutely brilliant things on Twitter that make me laugh harder than anything on Instagram. You know, So Twitter's got the p- potential to be perfect and brilliant, but there are just a few things on there that drag it down. And I think... And who balance, are
1: these? Name and fame. Like, if they're good people, fame. let's
2: fame them. Yeah. Oh, well, we, know, we know who they are. We know the well, people. Well, don't know. I don't well, good ones, no? The good ones, you said. <laughs> oh, the good ones? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. Well, my favourite account on Twitter is an account called... I forget what the, the handle is, but basically it's a guy who puts Paddington Bear into famous film
0: scenes. (laughs) Paddington, does he call it Paddington Out of Context or something like that?
2: Something like that. And it's just every day he tweets another film scene and he puts Paddington Bear in it. And honestly, it's it's the best thing on my timeline. It's brilliant.
1: I love that. That's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that... Yeah, do. it'd
2: be like Paddington Bear on the, on, the, on the little boat, uh, on, the, on, the, on the door floating outside the Titanic and Jack would be there. And it's just like, a, it's a lovely, it's a funny thing. Like, it's watching that a bear be next like to that. that, that's funny stuff. <laughs> I
1: like that. And, and I guess the same question to um, Charmian.
3: Well, I think I'm a bit of a, a Twitter innocent um, and I'm trying to, you know, play a modern tennis game with a wooden racket and I'm quite confounded by Twitter in a way. I mean, I love reading it and following stuff, but I don't have much of a structure. And when I do engage, um, I think that I'm kind of overthinking it. I'm a bit long-winded and I'm not doing Twitter speak. I, I kind of write like I'd normally write. So I only get half a sentence out. Have you got, have you got a favourite, like, you know, count that you follow? Well, I like there's somebody who takes pictures of Glastonbury tour um, called Michelle, and I like looking at her pictures. But basically, I follow stuff that just comes up and and I'm in a permanent state of horror um, with the literalness, the way everybody takes things literally and lack of critical thinking. Um, So maybe uh, I'm too judgy and grudgy to be... you were in the right right place, then, if you're judgy. If you're judgy, Twitter is exactly the right place. But actually,
1: with that said, it's probably right to kind of go into our first judgy
0: type tweet. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I don't know where to start, actually. Uh, Let's have a look. Hang on. Here we go. In the liked tweets thing. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, let's have a look whether we shouldn't start with... We I mean, the biggest selection of tweets that we've got today are, well, quite a lot on the Colston verdict. Do we want to... Yeah, maybe we should start there. It's a pretty meaty one to have at the uh, the top of the show. So there's there's a lot... And there's actually quite a lot of tweets to get through on this. So let's have a look. Um, there's a few... Let's just check that out. Not... Uh, well, I mean, I've picked up... So, there's, so I've picked up a few that are from... Uh, not left field, more right field as well. So this is from... Christian Nimitz, who's uh, head of the political economy at the IEA, which is the right wing think tank. And he's, quote, tweeted a piece from The Guardian uh, here. And he's saying the four defendants... So the quote is, the four defendants did not contest their actions but sought to argue they were justified because the statue was so offensive. It constituted an indecent display or hate crime. And his sort of take on that is Mm. fashionable opinion privilege is real. Um, so obviously we want to get to grips with the whole issue of the fact that this did happen. They didn't deny that they uh, pulled the statue off and there was criminal damage. Um, but, you know, there was obviously a case around it. Now, so, Julie, you've picked up an exchange, as did um, uh, Charmian, uh with Suella Braveman here. So let's just see. Well, let's just use, and actually with Femi as well. So Suella Brave- Braveman, who, uh, I've forgotten the actual title, she's... Uh, the Attorney General, isn't she? That's right. I sometimes find that hard to believe. Now, the the, the deal here is, of course, that because of um, the, the jury's verdict is the government are now looking at whether or not the, there needs to be some review. So she's saying trial by jury is an important guardian of liberty and must not be undermined. However, the decision in the Colston case uh, is causing confusion, as she goes on to say, without affecting the result of this case, As Attorney General, I am able to refer matters to the Court of Appeal so that senior judges have the opportunity to clarify the law for future cases, I'm carefully considering whether uh, to do so. Because there are so many of these tweets, I'm I'm just going to, if it's okay, just read everything out so we can get into the discussion ASCP. ASAP. So we've got two interesting comments on here. Secret Barrister, very obviously a famous famous account really in terms of all legal matters. Uh, He's tweeted... Uh, he she tweeted I should say it is causing confusion because your colleagues are knowingly spreading misinformation about this case to fuel your desired culture war uh, and here are the facts of the case if you're struggling to understand them Attorney General and then let's get to Femi's tweet which is one that uh, Sajida you've picked out as well and uh, which kind of gets to the nub of uh, the nub of all this in terms of the the political sense. Mm. So you, you had two legal choices here, Suella, treat statues that publicly celebrate racist mass murders as the problem, or treat people who oppose statues that publicly celebrate racist mass murders as the problem. You're an utter disgrace. So Sajilo and Siamen, you've both picked out uh, mm-hmm. the tweets on here, On here, and I don't know if I've... Uh, there's, actually, there were just two more on this uh, that I'm hoping to, to pick out as well, which uh, are nearby we've got so many we've got so many in the likes column this week this from a let's where's it gone where it's gone how oh, yeah right so davenant so mark davenant photographer uh was picking out this piece which i think is i think that's from the sun uh that bit so we've and he's talking about what so wella Braverman's just said we've now reached a point where the people are the enemies of the people and he's making reference to all the um how the judges were termed the enemies of the people during the whole Brexit um, crisis as well. Uh, But I mean, he got a reply to that. And again, this sets out the other side. He got a reply to that from Dave Osborne, which is it was an acquittal that gives carte blanche to anyone to destroy anything that represents something they don't agree with. Uh, The reason for it is irrelevant. It was still criminal damage and the jury got it wrong. So here's where I shut up and you guys get stuck in.
1: Like I think, um, okay. So, Charmian, do you want to do you want to because I've got I've got strong views on that, and, and I don't know if Steve did have any critiques on this, but let's start with Charmian.
3: Um, um, well, juries have the right to get things wrong, and it is I'm quite shocked the Attorney General should step in this way. And there've been so many cases where a jury has behaved in a contrary way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the when the spy George Blake was liberated by four Quakers, however long ago it was ago. They didn't, they, nobody knew who'd done it for quite a few years. And then they admitted it. They, they admitted it. Uh, they were tried saying they had liberated George Blake from Pentonville and um, they were acquitted by a jury. A jury has a right to do that. We, we gasp a lot at trials. I mean, I would say from rape trials, um, where you think, "How could this person have been found not guilty well it 's up to a jury, and often um you know a jury is is in this case making a state a, quite a moral statement that however much the Colston Four said they 'd done it, the jury are saying yeah it's it 's not a crime it shouldn 't be a crime I mean mm-hmm. through our history we 've had juries doing stuff um where they've gone this isn't okay uh, to actually try someone in this circumstance. But I think whatever you think is wrong for the Attorney General to kind of undermine the role of the jury in the British justice system like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally, I think you get a, a rather passive aggressive judge in a case like this, and that's when they say this jury should never ever sit on a trial again, you know, if they've been a bit rubbish, like perhaps so they think that. So that's what I think. Okay,
2: and
1: Steve, do you have anything to add to this before I go into my rant?
2: <laughs> I'll let you go into your rant. I mean, I think we broadly agree. I think. Uh, yeah. I have some we... questions.
0: I have some questions myself. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but, I mean, what about the points that? Well, Ciglia, let's, let's. I mean, Steve, okay. say how are you feeling? Then Cecilia, if you want to sort of. All right, I because it's it.
1: it's because it's it's around you know race and slavery, and. Um, I, I, okay, so uh, this is this is what gets my go. It's on the one hand, you think that the jury was wrong to make the decision that the we this is this is our way of doing things, right? So we have twelve people who make a decision that has been the law, and then uh, you know basically the Tory party have been committing like basically making rules and then breaking those rules. That's okay. No one's looking into that. But we are looking into four people who did something they were tried they've you know they've got the sentence that the 12 people have said which is like they've acquitted them and now because you didn't like it you want to change the rules and yet you don't adhere to your own rules so there was a kind of like uh, hypocrisy there and if we start here if we cannot have like that i mean you can like and shaman's right i think kind of you know i was trying to think of cases which have been um badly judged. And i'm thinking even the last woman who was executed uh you know she was given a death sentence which on hindsight you can't change you can't you know fix that but that was a decision that was made and it's fixed and it's gone um do i think what they did was wrong they probably could have handled it differently i don't know but it wasn't done with malicious intent it was done with the you know because what what this person represented was awful and it was at a time where you know, things were heated and during lockdown, people have acted a little bit crazy, like having parties at Christmas, you know. Um, but that's that's kind of where I'm staying, where I think the jury, they made the decision, leave it, end of. You know, why are you stoking this up
0: again? Steve, I cut you off there. I didn't mean to cut you off. What, what were you going to say, having heard to Gina as well, of course?
2: No, and I largely agree. I think the uh, I think there are some moments in history that transcend the cultural moments that transcend maybe traditional law and i think this is one of those moments it captured a moment it uh connected a lot of people obviously it was uh connected to the black lives matter movement and i think the jury have that's why they've 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 acquitted them because it wasn't the the the, the message they were sending was was way more important than the crime they you know committed and uh I think to to try and undermine the the the, the 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 rule of law, the jury system is very naive of our attorney general.
0: I I just find it sort of I don't know, just I'm not sure whether it could have been handled in a in a way that was was different because I it's not exactly the kind of thing that I would have expected to go up against a jury necessarily, because if it's just a fairly o- open and shut case of criminal damage, then you issue, you issue a fine of whatever level you decide is um, appropriate to, to whatever it is. And obviously, if you if you, you a low fine, then you're basically sending out a similar message, really. Because I mean, if I went, to, if I found if I vandalised one of the tube signs that I don't like on the London Underground, like the retail therapy one at Bond Street, or the one at Piccadilly Circus that obscures whatever the, the station name is, they they annoy me. Now, I vandalised that. I would expect to get a fine and uh, I would not expect it to be subject to a sort of a jury trial or have, you know, I don't know when, the you know, the the, the legal side of this, I don't know the story well enough to know when, when and how they were hired. Were they hired presumably because they had a case that they knew would play well in the court of public opinion? But, but the jury aren't, the jury aren't there to serve the court of public opinion. They're there to serve, on the face of it, quite a sort of a factual um, sort of you know damage. I mean, there was damage caused. It was caused. Uh, it was shown on camera, and, and they admitted that they'd done it. And it, it, I know it's I know it's bigger than that. Of course, it's bigger than that. And and I you know I wouldn't have. I I don't think it would have been a. I just I'm just struggling to see where the law. Uh, and the legal sort of procedure meets in terms of what's expected of it and what it's actually looking at is is going to deal with something that looks like it's been maneuvered by i mean a trial i suppose it's it's all about public opinion because it's literally 12 members of the public but i mean to even get to that stage i just you know i just think they could it could have been a fine like a small fine and that would have sent out a message saying well you know what in the scheme of things. It's, this really wasn't a serious crime. I mean, I know that uh, Marvin Rees, the mayor, is not particularly happy with some of the things they said about the, the council and how slow they were to act in removing the statue, but they think it was four years or something it took before uh, they have been lobbying the council for four years um, to remove it. And so there is some blame with the council, but equally, even yeah, Marvin, well, Marvin Reese is saying, even just to get this one last thing, even Marcus Reese is saying, you know, this is this trial was important for the people involved in it in terms of how it might affect their lives, but actually, in the scheme of things, when it comes to equality and all the rest of it, uh, it's it, he doesn't think it's that significant. Now he may be wrong, but that's Bristol's first you know, black mayor talking.
3: Julian, did they not? They must have pleaded at some point not guilty to have had a trial by jury. Otherwise, it would have gone to a magistrate's court. If they so they admitted it, but I'm assuming they also pleaded not guilty to the charge, did they have some kind of – they were not guilty to the crime, but they admitted they did it? They wouldn't have gone, presumably, gone before a jury and had a trial if they'd have said they were guilty.
0: Well, uh, that – yeah. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I thought I'd read – they had admitted culpability for it, but I mean, the legal insight is –
1: Yeah. Well, it's I think they probably didn't think it was a crime, so they probably said, "Yeah, we did it, but we didn't think yeah, it was a crime." Yeah. I mean, it kind of right. reminds me of a little bit of um, Jim Jimmy Saddam Hussein was toppled and they they pulled down that huge like statue of him. But that's not happening every day. You know, this is that didn't set a precedent for them to keep toppling down. You know, that was a moment in time. And I think I agree with Steve. It's like there was a moment in time. Yeah. And you mm. you know that 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 moment that is how people reacted it wasn't with criminal intent it was it was the rage of what was happening globally has been happening and four people decided to do this thing help the council out you know because the council didn't do the job and they chucked it in the river so you know i, I think i think it's a win win surely come on it's not it's not like um
0: I don't think they did it to help see the this council out on a daily like they, basis sorry you know, I don't know that they did it to help the council out like they're jesting. stuff like
1: no right was it like I said in Cheek <tongue-the-cheek. laughs> you know it's like um
0: yeah I see what you're
1: saying yeah you it's just I I I, I mean it's, 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 I can see what they're trying to Turn to and say, well you know we don't want this to be happening all the time it just you know you can't just let this happen you can't retrial them but you, they can set maybe boundaries of like you know you, you, this is if you if you destroy with with but that's not to do with this case you have to just put that separately and mm. I, it's it's um and interesting to hear your views guys um if anybody else has anything to say on on this
0: be, but any, and any I, legal I have been trying notes.
1: to work this out i have to say i've been struggling with this or
3: like you know kind of see i'm trying to sort of see like the balance in that and i do you think the jury are saying yeah they did it but they were justified in doing it. And there must have been juries that have let people off for crimes in the past that we now would not think of as crimes, mm. but within the context of the time were. And it, that leads to a change in the law. I'm yes, not a we law about with, um... I'm not a law about, you know, that it's okay to be a vandal. I, yeah, I it, think the jury were acknowledging that this was a special situation and that, it, that, that, that the, the Colston Four were justified in what we're, they were doing and should not be punished for it.
1: You're absolutely right, Shalmin, I mean, because obviously, you know, um, Priti Patel recently has basically made it sure, and quite rightly, that anyone that was done for, you know, uh, cr- what was seen as a crime for being gay is now having that taken off their record quite yeah, rightly. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it's taken this long to get to that point. So there were things that were people were prosecuted for things that now we look at and think, really, was that, you know, how was that ever a crime? Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of agree. see your point there.
0: Well, now, Steve has picked an, a really big story as well. I mean, it, actually, I mean, there's so much going on last week that even the Colston, I can't remember what was going on when the Colston verdict was announced, but there were so many other things going on as well. But the Molly May story uh, was certainly um, quite big on, on Twitter and the tabloids. Um, right, Steve. Should we start with um, how many are there? There's a couple on here actually. aren't there? Actually, yeah. quite a few actually. Uh, well,
2: you can sort of group them. I mean, basically, Molly May. If you go down. Shall,
0: to... I, shall I read them in any particular order, or do you think? Yeah, you you want start.
2: To... Start with um. Start with the one, but yeah, Amy. Start yeah. That one.
0: Okay. So, um, do you want to read them or, or slow?
2: Now, you read them. I don't, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the story though. I don't know how much people follow Molly May. I'm a, I'm I think a, it's been uh, quite
0: big on Twitter, so I think I think it's actually got quite a lot of traction. So I think yeah. that. So the first I'll tweet.
2: Be say just before we start, I was a fan of Molly May before she blew up and became controversial on Twitter. I've been I've been there from the beginning.
0: Um, oh, it's going to be really interesting to have your perspective on it. Excellent, <laughs> excellent stuff. That's good stuff. So the first one. Let's let's rattle through these to cover it very nicely. Uh, Amy tweets. She's at underscore Amy Connolly with two E's, two L's. Uh, if I was Molly May's PR team, I'd be pushing the idea of doing. I think I may have girl bossed a bit too close to the sun TikTok. Lift the mood a little. So yeah, just to put context that that the um maybe we should it slightly reverse, but it she basically made a comment of uh you know if you want to be successful wherever you come from it's all about you know it's all about hard work and it she kind of had that kind of slightly yeah. sort of the Thatcherite ethos of like, you can make it, you can make it big, you know, wherever, whatever background you've, you've come from. She yeah. came in you said a lot of flats. The, the, the,
2: the clip that has kind of gone viral is she said, everyone's got 24 hours in a day, um, which comes from a very famous Instagram Beyonce. meme, which is beyond, yeah, the Beyonce thing. Beyonce has the same number of hours in a day as you, which is obviously a tongue in cheek way of saying you know, look how successful Beyonce is and look how unsuccessful you are. Molly May said that in a kind of fairly serious way on a podcast. And uh, she worded it in a way that maybe wasn't the best, uh, wasn't the most uh, articulate way of uh, making the point. Uh, but it has been massively blown up to make her look like she is some sort of fact uh, careerist, roofless, um, privileged um, influencer, which I think she's been slightly harshly done by.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Good, very important context there. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Didn't the spy, one of the Spice Girls sort of say that Margaret Thatcher was the first Spice Girl in the nineties, and uh, didn't, they didn't cop as much flack, But then we had to, we had Tony Blair in uh, as Prime Minister then, so maybe that maybe that was why. I don't know. Um, so we've got uh, so we've got Amy uh, here saying advising her on a sort of PR strategy. And then Aaron, so at Aaron McIndoe 14 I wish the UK would turn on its government the way it has on Molly May, so thus <laughs> reflecting the ire that, yeah. that was reflect, uh, you know, put in her direction, which is pretty harsh. Um, so Harry Poulain, uh, at Harry uh, Poulain, yeah, um, he said, oh my God, Molly May, I can't wait for the new, I can't wait for the new series to be honest, uh, which is 24 hours in Molly May. Nice play on 24 Hours in A&E. And then the podcast host uh, here, let's, um, that's actually slightly different, I think, but, well. Yeah, theme. I mean, the guy,
2: the podcast that she said it on was the Stephen Bartlett podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which is a kind of, I forget what it's called, but basically successful people go on there and talk about why they're successful. That's that's what the podcast is, which I think is really important context for why she was saying what she was saying. But like the podcast is about why are you successful? So in that context, her saying what she said isn't quite as bad. And I just feel like like I don't agree with what Molly May said. Like I don't agree that everyone has the same opportunity to become as successful as Molly May, because obviously our backgrounds define the starting point that we go from. And Molly May did happen to come from a reasonably privileged background, and she does seem to be slightly oblivious to that in this particular clip. Now, obviously, if you were to sit down with Molly Mae, she might be really self-aware about that privilege. Who knows? But in this clip, she does appear oblivious to it. And I understand that that is, you know, I don't agree with that personally. However, the vitriol and backlash she has received uh, based on it is just so disproportionate and so uh, nasty that it makes, it's everything I hate about Twitter because she hasn't said anything that is like evil. You know, she has said something that may be slightly misjudged and maybe requires some debate, but it does not make her uh, Hitler. You know, what I mean, like that's the way she's been portrayed as if she's suddenly the most evil person, right wing kind of uh, unsympathetic human being. And ultimately, she's just someone who said something uh, and it maybe it's been taken out of context. Maybe it hasn't. But either way, we don't really know. Um, and also, even if she does have quite factual right views about individualism, and uh you know how you can progress in the world and the maybe the idea that she, maybe she does believe that if you work hard that's all you need to succeed maybe she does believe that and actually so do a lot of people in the world believe that i personally think it's a lot more nuanced but that isn't that doesn't make her evil that makes her mm-hmm. like that makes her like agree with probably like majority of the uk so twitter is in sometimes in this little bubble that thinks everyone agrees with the sort of metropolitan liberal elite arguments. Um, and actually, I don't think uh, she said anything that, you know, uh, I, mean, I don't agree with it, but I think the vitriol has been really unfair. And I think if a man said it, and men have said it on that exact podcast, and this is the point that Stephen Barlow said, mm. lots of men have gone on that podcast and said very similar things. Uh, and they've not received anyone near the backlash, but because she's a successful young female, I think she's attracted a lot more hate.
0: Let me just quickly read those tweets so that we can get those tweets in. So Stephen Bartlett, who's the host of the podcast, as you said, Molly May did an interview on my podcast yesterday. A soundbite from that interview went viral. She trended number one on Twitter. Every newspaper covered it and MPs weighed in. I've had male guests say, said, say what she said. No one cared. But when Molly says it, she's crucified. Crazy. And then he's just followed it up here. Uh, social media is full of people that can well I say followed up, he's previously said social media is full of people that can spot toxic behaviour in everyone but themselves, the world doesn't need more critics it needs more self-awareness
1: but we have yeah. spoken about um, how females get it harder online than, than guys anyway bef- before on this show uh, specifically we're referring to comedians, but I wonder like, if it was also the fact that it was referencing thatcher because we've had one of our previous guests um louisa amelia a great comedian she you know this is also if you haven't lived through thatcher you know looking at her historically she's a woman who did well so it's easy to see her as some kind of role model but she'd announced on on social media louisa that you know she really admired margaret thatcher and then she said i can't believe how people are being so awful why And then having to explain, because if you haven't lived through it, you don't necessarily know how bad we thought of Margaret Thatcher growing up through that era. So I wonder if it's partly the fact that she's successful in her own right, but from a kind of looked down upon because she's from a reality show. um, She's a woman and, uh, you know, she's referencing someone highly unpopular with with a lot of the left, I suppose, you know, with, with Thatcher.
2: Also, to be clear, like Molly May didn't mention Margaret Thatcher. Well, Molly May does I don't think she cares about uh, Margaret Thatcher. She just said a point of view that was
1: okay. My was, correction, because I didn't see. No, no, it's okay. She it's, said, yeah.
2: No, it's, yeah, yeah. She, all she did was say a point of view that would be considered Thatcherite. Yeah. Um. She, I don't think Molly May uh is. I don't know how uh, in tune she is with um political history, um. But um. That and she got sort of. Uh, lampooned because it was a fact right view mm. and I just I just find that tough because a lot of people agree with my Thatcher, and I don't think it's necessarily evil I don't and you know I can't there's a debate to be had but I don't think it makes money. May evil to to have said that.
0: Just before I let Charmaine just to say, it's not just that is interesting, of course, because it's such a Thatcherite statement. So therefore, it just sort of ballooned into, oh, she loves Thatcher, does she? And then you're thinking, yeah, because yeah, the age that she is, she's not going to bring a Thatcher as a term of reference. But it could have been somebody could have said, well, I can't believe she just said exactly what Alan Sugar thinks, because Alan Sugar absolutely thinks that a Labour peer yes. or, or he was. Um, And I don't know if he still is, actually. I can't remember if he's still a Labour peer. But it could have been Michael Caine. It could have been like X number of old school. again, like their guys, they wouldn't have got it in the neck for necessarily saying it. Although I do, you know, it could have been Sporty Spice or whoever said it. Also, (laughs)
2: because Wally May sort of articulated a kind of individualistic view on society, which, yes, is that right, doesn't necessarily mean she also thinks that we should close down all the mines and sell off all the council houses and not replace them Like it doesn't mean she's suddenly yeah, totally <laughs> in the thing that margaret thatcher did it just she just prescribes to a particular uh view on success and and i just think it's, it's what twitter just lacks all nuance uh and there's blown this port she's only 23 or something like it's completely blown out of proportion and i think it's because she's a successful young woman who's a multi-millionaire and she has largely done it off working very hard and yeah love island gave her a boost but she also is way more successful than most people who have come off love island and that's because of she works a lot harder than those people
1: so maybe it's just downright jealousy which is what kind of twitter is also you know a cesspool of of people who are just jealous of other people's success and if you hear one thing set out of context um it's easy then to express their you know whether it's classist racist You know, I'm sure we've all been the victim of that on on, on social media ourselves, like things taken out of context. Um, Yeah.
2: And also, Molly said some other stuff in that interview that has been completely ignored. And she said some really interesting, inspirational stuff about how, you know, she's faced a lot of um, uh, obstacles in her career and she's overcome it and worked really hard. And that's been completely ignored. And the thing that's been taken away is this one little five second comment that she made um that maybe was slightly misjudged and i just i find it frustrating because i don't think she's i don't think she's a bad person i think i think wonk we thought we could all you could take anything out of context and make anyone look bad
1: Mm, thanks don't do it to me though shalmy did you have anything to do Um, do you know about this story because i just just saw a
3: bit of it I, i was going to agree with julian that you know this is something celebrated in dragon's den and the apprenticeship um and also i think that's I use it, it's out of context it was a bit misjudged but also isn't that quite a humble thing to say because she's saying she hasn't really got anything special except attitude mm. um i mean i don't think that that's you know accurate what she says but um but it's true you know anybody can use their 24 hours or anything like that but she is kind of almost saying that's all i got i've just got you know, life, and I make the best of it, which is um, not very arrogant. Um, it's kind of the opposite, isn't it? So, but ultimately, uh,
1: it's, a, it's her opinion, isn't it? That's yeah, it. it is just her the opinion. People don't seem
3: to, you know, just don't happen to agree with, it. that's um, it. Well, um, some, some
1: Twitter, people don't agree with it. Twitter, but, uh, Twitter yeah. boils down to, it's like, you know, people just have a pile on just because totally. they have a differing opinion, irrespective of whether it's, you know, I, Molly May or anyone else.
3: And I remember when Amelia... Emil- um, Emil- uh, uh, when she said the thing about um, Thatcher, because she hadn't heard of, she didn't know that mm. there had been a, a British female prime minister, and she was like, "Oh my God, I've just discovered that there is one." Um, so, and she, as you say, she was completely hounded about that.
2: I think um, the other thing that's been sort of ignored is Tommy Fury, who is uh, Moni May's partner, who's also Tyson Fury's cousin. He's a boxer and if, uh, earlier this year he was uh offered a fight with a big youtuber a boxing fight for a million pounds and he was quoted as saying i wouldn't get out of bed for a million pounds um and the context of that was he was worth a lot more money than a million pounds right that's quite an arrogant thing to say he didn't get anywhere near the flack for saying that which is exactly the same sort of message as what marley may say but because he's a sort of Alpha male boxer. He didn't get the the kind of attention. Whereas Molly May is a young uh, female influencer, and suddenly she's not allowed to be successful and ambitious. Whereas Tommy Fury, when he says it, it's kind of fine. And I find I just find it it just sort of is, it sort of stinks of hypocrisy.
1: And gender gender was there as well. Um, from there, Julia, no, I was just mm. wondering if we can go to because uh, we're we're talking about critiques, um, especially with women online, um, if we. Uh oh gosh what's her name of the model supermodel of the 80s oh um, yeah yeah
0: yeah um, yeah I don't know anything about the story so I really I need a bit of educating here let's have a go <laughs> yeah it? It
1: gone? I it don't gone? know if Xiaomi might have seen this so i have just kind uh, of uh, it's 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 kind of really about getting older so she's basically said I'm completely invisible uh uh, uh what's her first name I can't remember her name first name now um. Uh, But she was in the video for Cars, uh, Who's Going to Drive You Home. Paulina Politskova. Paulina Politskova, yeah. And um, she said, I walk into a party, I try to flirt with guys, and they just walk away from me to pursue someone 20 years younger. I'm very single, I'm dressed up, I've made an effort, and I get nothing. Now, as I live on the surface, sort of think, yeah, I totally get it. Like, you get an older, you know, Charmin, I'm sure you're with me on this one, and you become invisible. However, not if you're Paulina. I mean, she looks amazing. She like, she looks fantastic. I think she's about 50. Um, how is anybody ignoring her? If she doesn't have a chance to, to kind of, like, if she thinks she feels invisible, us mere mortals, Charmin, um, how are we supposed to compete? So that was supposed to be just a little bit more... Uh, sort of have a little more sort of a cleansing palette from what we just talked about but i'm not i'm not having a go because i think she's amazing and she looks incredible but not all of us can look like that is that right Charmin? she's um she's
3: going to the wrong parties <laughs> I mean, she's, going, she's, she's going to the wrong parties i mean she's gorgeous so she should be going to parties surrounded by you know people of her own age and uh i'm assuming Oh well, she's saying that. No, uh, they're going, going for twenty Asian years way. younger because well, she's going to parties full of the kind of people who pursue women twenty years younger. Age inappropriate. Definitely yeah. the wrong yeah. kind of party, and she needs Yeah, to the solution there
2: is don't go to parties. Don't go to parties where the people 20 years younger than you. That's the same. Go,
1: go,
3: go, go with okay. the parties where you're, yeah,
1: the younger men will go for her. Are you saying you know, that,
3: Steve? Absolutely. But actually, absolutely. Because yeah.
1: she shouldn't be with men her own age. Because let's face it, we know it. Men your own age, they do always go for 20 years younger. So men like you, Steve, younger men, is that what you're saying? Right around till your mates' party. Thank and uh,
2: she'll be, she'll be, she'll be like, you know, hot as. If she, if she wants to come to my house, Pi, in Tooting Broadway, I will, she can come
1: introduce it to some nice friends who make her feel yeah, beautiful lots of nice
2: friends. i'm sure yeah. if, she can, if she's happy to do some jager bombs and stuff i'm sure we'll be fine
1: and there we there we there we have it it's it's the older women should be dating younger men
0: yeah <laughs> she's still got she's in her 50s she's still going to parties i mean that's like that's quite impressive actually i mean
3: no energy she should be going to bridge
0: She, she, she should surely just <laughs> be putting a guy <laughs> she should just be loading up those photos to Tinder and then just sort of rocking it on Tinder. Then I don't know because something's gonna off. happen.
1: Also, what is that stick she's holding? Is it is that to show her? Is it a walking stick? What is it? What's the black thing? Or is that like a sexy sort of thing? I was thinking, is it she's uh, old now? She's got a because it's, it's in one photo but not the other photo.
0: Something the photographer told us to do probably. Yeah. I don't know, or yeah. something in like lying around the studio.
1: I mean, she does look incredible, she was beautiful back in the day. And she still is, and um, you know there is obviously pressure too for women to to look look great as they get older. And um, as yourself, Julian said, TV is very unforgiving, brutally unforgiving. <laughs> um, but I mean, she's yeah, you're right. I think just just um, if you look like that, it's easier getting older than it is if you look like me. So, or oh, I won't speak for you, Charmy, because I know that you are beach ready as always. If we, we have these discussions before. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. No pressure on the men though to get older. What,
0: what do you mean? No pressure to get older. We're definitely getting older.
1: Yeah, but are you? <laughs> are you? Do you feel the same? You know, it's not. Society doesn't judge you guys in the same way.
0: Well, look. I don't know if you can even ask Steve that. Yeah. How old are you, Steve? I'm 31. I feel Ooh. absolutely faster
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just Well, just, you've got just,
0: years of feeling past it to come, but before you <laughs> are actually before you are actually past it, um, uh, it's
2: been yeah. tough. It was a real eye opener, you know. Like things have changed. People look at me in different ways when I go to parties now. People don't go near me, but they also they didn't go near me when I
0: was twenty. But really <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I've been pretty consistent there too. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think thirty is the thirty thirty five is probably the optimum for men to kind of mature. Uh, and then they sort of slump probably after the 40s. Um, wow. Yeah, so you still got that's time.
0: That do we, do, that's not what it says on my <laughs> dating profile. I'm not going to change it tonight. To oh, I've, I've hit the slump. <laughs> I've reinvent. you know, I'm saying that it's like Renaissance. I've finally hit the Renaissance. Uh, well, I'm sorry,
2: Julian, to tell you,
0: I'm still on the up. <laughs> yeah, well, I should hope so. I mean, blooming egg. Um, Right, so listen, we've got a few. Well, there's a few zingers here. So Charmin's got a couple of zinger tweets. Very importantly, one uh, very dear to her heart, which will be uh, up here is where it is placed. It's the mirror story. Yes, it's the mirror story about comedians to be prescribed on the, the NHS to help patients struggling with trauma. Got a lot of pushback to uh, from, from other comedians. So it, this is your time to reveal okay. all. Well, this is a
3: Shall I talk about the response first? The response has been like... Um... Well, tell, tell us what it is first. Oh, I'll tell you what it is <laughs> then. So it's been developed by somebody called Angie Belcher, who uh, is a comedian in Bristol, but also she has a psychology background. She's doing a PhD um, and she's done lots of work in the community. And she has been asked, she also does teaching, to develop a, uh, a series of uh, participatory events where people who've had trauma, PTSD, who've already had therapy, join these workshops, which use the techniques that we use to write and construct comedy routines um, to kind of get stuff out of the system or at least to have some kind of control over their own story so that they become the narrator of their own story in the same way that they might have been sent off to like a pottery workshop or a dance therapy or arts therapy workshop and it's a pilot scheme so there's also an arts therapist working with it i'm a comedian who's working with it, been asked to work with her as an assistant and uh it will be evaluated in a monetary way to see whether it's worth doing whether it has any effect um and that's it angie's fantastic at her pr she sent out a press release uh, at least the mirror don't have a paywall so people could read the article. But the response to this headline has been, wow. So you mean to say that people who have no arms and legs coming back from Afghanistan, you know, the war, they're going to be dumped in the front row of Michael McIntyre and made to listen to him. So it's kind of, It's again, It's people make a lot of assumptions without reading the actual article. Um, but that's what it is. I think it could be really interesting. I've been I've done a training, you know, a training day. <laughs> that's all. I've been let loose that what well, about what we're gonna do. And I mean I teach comedy at City Academy sometimes, and that's getting people up to perform. This is much more structured so that they can use ideas of archetypes and you know, personas and stuff. It's just a tool, and I think, considering most comedians are doing comedy as a form of self-medication, I think it's got a lot of potential, but we'll see what happens.
1: I'm with you 100% there, Charmian. And having done um, something, I know know John Ryan does uh, a lot of um, comedy workshops for mental health for men, which, you know, I've gone down very well. Um, You know, and I've done similar things, workshops around uh, migrant experiences, and and I'm a very big fan of owning your own narrative. Um, And so I think I, I can see where this, is coming from I can see what benefits it might give and um so who books the gig Charmian
3: well it's <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a little kind of pilot happening um in a, a community in Bristol in Lawrence Hill and Angie Belcher is you know she's did six sessions that's all six sessions to start with which will be um you know they'll see see what happens i mean i a few years ago i did a comedy pilot where we went to the north of england and performed comedy at 11 in the morning to people suffering from arthritis to kind of ingrain them with the idea that specialized exercise will help them so you'd be going hi you know joke 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 and then oh i'm doing some movement um and that was evaluated and uh people didn't fill in the forms properly so it didn't become a nationwide thing but it It's just a really good way of communicating comedy, I think. Did
1: they not fill the forms improperly because they had a bit of arthritis in their hands? Yeah, probably probably. because that's where my (laughs) line flares up is in the morning. (laughs) And what about you, Steve? Are you are you a fan of this? I mean, do you? you, uh,
2: I think it's a fantastic idea. And if it helps people, then that's great. My concern is if it gets more people doing stand-up comedy, I don't want the competition. Um, Agreed. If they've got some great stories, that sounds like they've got some good Edinburgh shows in them. I don't want that. There's enough people with really good traumatic stories (laughs) in Edinburgh shows. That worries me. They're going to be taking. They'll be smashing the pleasants, They'll be getting four stars in Guardian and and Chortle. I don't want that. I don't need that. So I would shut this pilot down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go I can't cut their, them in... off, Steve. <laughs> Just tell them only to do the workshops,
1: Yami, you know and mean? tell them they're not to go. Yeah. To, to, don't think... take up as a career at I'll, all. I'll say yeah. it, where it
3: will it will traumatise them.
2: <laughs> if they start doing 10s at the comedy store, we can shut it down.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, wish all the can't... best of luck with it, Yarmy. You know <laughs>
1: Sorry? Yeah.
3: we wish you all the best of luck with it thank you very much it's it's exciting so Where and can people find paid... out more
1: information we'll, we'll take it off you from the end of the show and we're the... paid yeah. much
3: less much 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 less than a the therapist <laughs> so all good for the nhs yeah that's, yeah. that's true <laughs> that's, that's true and probably
1: nhs staff would probably would benefit themselves really because i'm yeah. hearing no no because i've generally yeah. am hearing that you know that there's a a lot of mental health issues going around with staff as well, because they had to deal with a lot of, you know, vicarious th- trauma from patients that they've been treating, uh, you know, treating the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, in fact, yeah, I've even yeah. been asked to do in, in the past over, over the lockdown, um, a, a little something for uh, the staff. Which I thought was great, but never sort of led to anything. Um, so what what do we what do we got? Anything? Well, like, any, tell you, what, any, we've got one news more. from you, Julian, about this? What what, what do you think? Uh,
0: well, I, I mean, I noticed there was there was a bit of cynicism online. Uh, some of the comedians yeah. had uh, reacted to this quite cynically, you know, like prescribing uh, what was it? Prescribing uh, Mrs. Brown's boys, someone who's just <laughs> which is obviously can be a serious trauma to watch, at the best of times. But um, I mean, I'm really interested. Like, there's been a lot of um, uh, health. Uh, initiatives using comedy like they've done a lot of Leicester Comedy Festival over the years uh, John Ryan's been involved in all that and all the rest of it and um, yeah so it, you know they do seem to go together they do seem to have a role to play and I think essentially here what's happening is that people who've been through trauma need to tell a story and this is just giving them a way to tell that story and uh comedy sort of technique can be quite a a very effective way of, of telling a story and, and sort of um, slaying a few demons in the process, hopefully. Mm. So, yeah.
1: Indeed. So, from that note, what, what have we got to right, go from
0: well, trauma to... Got, we've got two, so there's two lovely sort of visual, visual gags, really, that Steve's picked out, which will lead to the end. We'll just do one and we will just go, just about, I think, got time for one more serious story. It's a, quite a curious story. Charmian's picked the tweet. It's an article by Jenny Eclair in the uh guardian in the guardian in the indie uh on indie voices behind a paywall i think um no one's had chance to to read it but jenny is now not on twitter i discovered by looking at this so when you go to her account uh she's obviously and she's obviously had health uh, concerns recently which she has mentioned on twitter uh and she, she wrote this article which has got this headline uh which i mean i think the article is literally about um from what i've seen a bit it's about like the the worry of like you're testing every day and you're not getting the symptoms that you think you've got and i've been there as well so i've been i've felt under the weather and thinking it feels like it could be because you're told about what this is a cold this is not a cold it's quite hard to sort of negotiate um but it's the tyranny of the headline if you write and anyone who writes an article including journalists themselves do not you do not pick the headline you get the headline imposed upon you and this has caused a backlash on twitter hasn't it charmian
3: i think it has i think she wrote an article about her health anxiety you know and you can't read the article as you say it's behind a paywall they've done this incredibly clickbait title headline and you and and, you know she's had a, a spinal operation recently jenny um i think that it's just terrible for the independent to do that to do that to someone they must know what they're doing they're not the sun they're not the mirror why did they do that and attract all this vitriol that she doesn't deserve why did they do that
0: why well it is clickbait i mean it is journalism it is clickbait and they will use the cashier's headline um in there and i don't know how it's been extrapolated from what uh jenny's written but i mean i've certainly been in, in cases where comedians have written comment pieces for various organizations and it comes out with like you know yeah. a, a headline which you know you might be lucky to sort of negotiate it back if it, if it is absolutely unrepresentative or it's taken something out of context yeah. then you have some recourse but it can be quite uh it can be quite difficult um so i have a lot of sympathy and i'm yeah got quite a lot concerned of about it, really
1: again it's um yeah it, you know clickbait it's 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 a, you know that's that's Twitter that is Twitter a lot of bread and butter on Twitter isn't it just to kind of retweet everything and and just get caught up in the in the byline of that's it oh well I've got a touch of Omicron and then everyone's just going to comment and not not actually read the article um and I actually do have a lot of sympathy for that um but uh I mean, have yeah. you ever been a, a victim of of a clickbait yourself like you know have you have you been kind of misquoted
3: on on social media I haven't I'm invisible on social media (laughs) you always tell me this words of genius get yeah yeah no I I haven't got that kind of um engagement I mean I'm on Twitter but um even being mentioned in that mirror article I wasn't the one that got trolled so maybe I've got a wall of invisibility in a really good way
0: Steve what about you if you about any brushes with with the press from you.
2: Well, we, I recently did a tweet, uh, which was largely a joke ah. about watching a lady on the. I can't. I, yes, I put we
0: featured story? it in. We featured it. I can't remember whose choice it was. In fact, I've put it. Yeah, it was, I think I think I, I think I included it, but I can't. Yeah, remember you it did. Yet. It's here, and I had to put it in the ah. drafts because I've already liked it, so I unliked it, and liked it again, but I couldn't actually. Yeah. Anyway, here it is. It's on screen now.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, yes, I remember this. I did this tweet, and it went. It went a bit crazy. Um. And it was it was largely true that <laughs> there was some, a <laughs> lateral flow in front of me on the central line. And, you know, like, yeah, that happened. It got blown up. But the reason it got blown up and became huge was because people started debating how disgusting London was. And it became this, like, thing of, like, it represented how horrible London was. Like, I was sort of like, well, it's largely just a joke. Like, it was just one lady who clearly didn't think she was symptomatic and was just doing it to get into a building or something. Um, And I really didn't think much of it. Anyway, so the reason I mentioned it was on the news is because it got, um, articles were written about this tweet, like it was in um, newspaper articles, were written as if it was like a factual kind of (laughs) event. And I guess it was, but like I very much wrote it as Look how silly this thing is. But it was reported as like, woman, woman does a test on a central line. How horrendous is this? And I was like, oh no. It just... <laughs> <laughs> so they
0: had the, the, the skill she must have had to balance it. I think that's what we said when we were on the show. And I wish I, wish I could remember who it was. I don't know who it was when we had. Josh I can't and remember, Paul. but I do
1: know that we treated it like a, that was a disgusting thing to do.
0: Well, well, I don't know. Did we, I just thought it was like a really skillful thing to do. But um, yeah, I know. it's. Um... It was quite impressive. I think everyone on the carriage was quite
2: excited about the um, the jeopardy that was going on.
3: Did she tell you the result?
2: Yeah, she did. Did yeah. she? Yeah. No. Did she tweet it got... at you? <laughs> no, she she sort of held it up. She was sort of like, "It's negative, guys, negative." But that was after a few minutes. So you she sure wasn't know...
1: a pregnancy test? Uh... <laughs>
3: ah, <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that, that would have been very tense. The nasal
2: it? one. <laughs> the nasal oh, what one, yeah. It? One. <laughs> Genuinely, what happened? The sad thing about this tweet is that I did it. And I thought, well, this is quite funny. I'll tweet it while I was on the tube. And you know, you only get signal in the stations. Mm. Right. So I tweeted it and when I got signal. Right. And then as I got to another in between the next station, I thought of a funnier way to tweet that same joke. So I rewrote it to tweet it again, but didn't have time to delete that one. And then I went to the next station, went to check it to delete that one and found it had blown up in the minute between the stations and i was like oh my god i've now tweeted it twice so then i had to delete the original one it was really stressful anyway i missed my stop by about three stops because i was busy uh trying to get the wi-fi signal to delete this tweet it was awful i nearly delete i nearly deleted it i was minutes away from deleting the one that went viral
1: that's hilarious that this tweet has got so many stories it's going to be what were you doing at that moment that tweet you read that tweet you know what was happening? Did you read the second one? You could have a whole,
2: a whole sitcom or a, at least a one-off seri- serialized thing of, of 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 your story here. The thing that does frustrate me is the the real joke is the up the one the reply the update. It's like that's like a joke joke, but no one um no one cares about that. That doesn't that doesn't that didn't do as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, can I accept <laughs> your first answer on that one? <laughs> yeah, oh, brilliant stuff. Now you've, uh, just to finish off before we ask uh, you guys what you're up to uh, in the near future, you picked two sort of visual gags essentially really, which was uh, this one here from Professor Colin right. Talbot. Colin R. Tolbert, uh, daughter just sent me this, not sure who is responsible, but well done. <laughs> and it's the, uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, yeah, the robot, the robot checkers. Robot checkers of the Downing Street. This was the one in with May, was it? Uh, the yeah, garden.
2: This was the um the wine the, the, the wine, wine and wine. cheese. The, the wine and cheese. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I just thought this was very funny. What a funny idea! Uh, and also those robot checker things are mad. Like I don't really understand how a robot can't can't work out which ones are a tractor and which ones aren't a tractor or whatever the test is. Uh, yeah. That's but, capture. Uh, yeah, capture,
1: capture Martin. Thank you, Martin. Capture. Yeah, that's, that's super good. fan.
2: Um but yeah, I thought this is very funny. And it's just a nice this this is what I think's good about
0: Twitter. It's yeah. an
2: example of Twitter being great. It's, it a, is. Fun aspect, it's the a fun aspect, the
1: fun
0: bits. It's a fun one. And then the other one was oh, this is quite sweet actually. From yeah. Odds Bible. Newcastle fans will be hoping that Kieran Trippier can pick out a, a man better than he can pick out the badge this season. And it's a photo of Kieran. <laughs> pointing points to his sort of the logo uh, actually he's presumably pointed, supposed to be pointing to the newcastle logo rather than the advertising logo it just yeah. feels like one of those things where he's probably had like 100 photos taken and yeah. uh, you know
2: but you know this Julian. That, that would have gone through like what 10 yeah. PR to get that onto one that how on earth has that one been picked the one we covered up the badge is absolutely crazy
0: Unless the sponsor's seen it at the gone brilliant it's pointing at the sponsor it's yeah. very it's very strange it's like yes, absolutely there'd be so many versions of this that why would why would that one get through it's a It's a lovely epic fail for us all to to share so listen uh, thank you so much that's our, our last tweet this evening we did we have managed to get through them all i think uh and some very very involved subjects as well that we've that we've managed to I mean amazed and we've got the world's Molly May expert with us. I mean I, I wish I'd known I'd have trailed you like that earlier. <laughs> um but that guys hard to known actually from now on. What's that? That is hard to would known Absolutely, totally. I think you might have an Edinburgh show sorted there. She, <laughs> she says some she says something else. Uh and speaking of all things performing, what are you guys up to? What are you uh doing in the near future, whether it's on stage or otherwise? Charmian.
3: Um, I've got a few South West London gigs coming up I think I've got one in London Bridge On the 16th of January All that kind of thing I'm doing the National Health um, Thing that somebody Very funnily has said Is the National Hoot Service um, And also I'm uh, redeveloping My so latest solo show Which I was, um, took To New Zealand where I got trapped With it and I'm um, ah. hasn't been to Edinburgh yet, and um, I'm working on that. And we'll be taking that to Cambridge and stuff like that. And it's Great. called She, Immortal Horror Queen's Guide to Life. Breaking there's a song off. called She, She, maybe... There is a someone... song called She and a film. a film, <coughs> it was called she, called she as well.
2: And Steve... Okay. Um, I am on tour. I'm doing a national tour in uh, May, June, July, uh, and all the dates are on my website steepje.com. You can get the tickets there.
0: Yeah, that's true. And obviously, handles wise uh, Charmin is at Charmin Hughes, and Steve is at Steve uh your two handles have been uh, scrolling above us on our ticker that we have uh, as well, so uh, you're covered you're covered there. Uh, Sijila, your uh, cottage has got a gig. Has
1: it Ooh. not? Uh, uh, yes, it is coming back um, uh, in the near uh, year. The twenty eighth, Friday the twenty eighth. Um, it's uh, with Patrick Monahan, ever, ever popular Patrick Monahan, a whole load of other acts I can't remember, but it's on the twenty eighth. We're probably going to sell out. Hopefully we will. Um, so please book your tickets now, and I shall be back on um, a certain TV channel on Tuesday evening doing headliners. <laughs>
0: For those people who know what you're talking about, that's almost a best. But that's fine. It's that's only hard. the
1: people who tune in will know. It's that's right. Need to know faces. Yeah, need to
0: know basses. Very good. Uh, I have got uh, SE1 comedy coming up on this Thursday, the 13th of January. Hopefully, we've got a fantastic lineup: Tamsin Kelly, Robin Perkins, and Ria Lina. Uh, and uh, for your sins, I shall be hosting that gig, uh, also with musical comedians Harriet Brain and Cameron Blair. So please do come along to that. And of course, Julie, we need to start plugging the live outing. of Oh, yes, of course. So we're we're basically going to be doing a double bill with the boys from Comic Solving Problems, who are Steve N. Allen and Eric McElroy, of course, both former guests on the show, too. Uh, And we are doing a double bill with them at the uh, esteemed Bill Murray, the Bill Murray in Islington in London. uh, And that will be on February the 6th. The show runs from 4.30 to 6.30 because it's a double bill uh and uh comic solving problems will go first and we will go on afterwards uh Ooh, do and we have will, our guests well that will be you uh and me, studio obviously with steve and uh, eric joining us and uh ria Lina is going to be our guest on Ooh. that so, so i'll see a lot of ria, ria uh in the near future but um but yeah so that we're very excited about that it will be live it means that we won't have a session an online session that Sunday of course next Sunday we have got Sam Baines, Samantha Baines and Michael Legg joining us so please check us out for that and in terms of this show we'll be putting out on a as a podcast uh, it will be available to watch on YouTube and Facebook as well please give us a subscribe and uh, we'll be putting out clips just as soon as they are done so all that uh, remains for us to do in unison or close to unison as possible is wave goodbye and say thank you very much for the people who've been watching us on streams. Thanks very much, guys. Take, Take care. care. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.